Welcome to the Florida College campus for Daily Chapel in Hutchinson Auditorium. Subscribe to this channel to be notified when a podcast is ready for you to enjoy. Good morning. It's time to begin. I know. We're going to sing, I, Lord, I believe. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here. Stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will but as you will. 
Then it came the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so you couldn't stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. Stay awake and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yesterday, we talked about how God gives us sleep as a bridge that allows us to safely traverse the darkness of night and the evils that it both represents and brings. How, when done correctly, it can heal us and provide us true rest with our true God. And how many times the best thing you can do when you're tired and worn is just go to sleep. This passage, which comes from Matthew chapter 26, however, shows the other darker side of sleep. You see, we're all weak. We all need sleep. We may wish we didn't, but we do. And yet in spite of this, sometimes sleep won't come because we're scared of what it might bring. Sleep is scary because we know deep in our hearts that sleep prefigures death. We see this throughout the Bible for both good and ill. When Lazarus has died, Jesus says he's fallen asleep. When Paul talks about those appearing, that Jesus appearing to 500 Christians, he said some are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Or a little bit more insidiously, we read that those who partake of the supper in an incorrect way, some are ill, some have fallen um, sick, and many have fallen asleep. Sleep is, as Homer would say, death's little brother. It is, as Edgar Allan Poe would call, a little death. And so sleep can be terrifying for those of us who are afraid to die. If you've been in English comp, you might know Hamlet's thoughts that to sleep, to die, to sleep, to sleep. Perchance the dream, uh, there's the rub. For in sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. Or to quote the modern philosopher, mid-2000s emo band, brand new, um, I'm not scared to die. I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. Those who are scared to die are often scared to sleep at least without worldly assistance. When we're not at peace spiritually, it's hard to gain peace in our sleep. When we know something is wrong with our lives, when there's something missing, we trade in God's mission and reward for something else. This is why Proverbs chapter 3 pleads, My son, don't lose sight of this. Keep wisdom and discretion that they may be life for your soul and adornment for your neck so that when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Or again, to return to that 20th century, uh, or, uh, 21st century philosopher, I used to sleep without a single stir because I was about my father's work. I used to know the name of every person I kissed. Now I made this bed, and I can't fall asleep in it. 
We need sleep. But too often we want sleep on our own terms. And when our sleep is not ordered and life-giving, it no longer serves as a bridge that God provides to escape the darkness of night, and it becomes instead a destructive spiral that leads us deeper into darkness. Our sleep isn't restful. It doesn't revive us. It doesn't provide us rest. It's just something that passes the time, and we still long for its true nature. It becomes like all the other perversions of the devil, a twisted facsimile of what should be, but isn't. And to sleep, we turn to drink, we turn to sex, we turn to pornography, and the self-medication is intended to cover up the fear of sleep and an induced reliance on it rather than on God. And this idolatry eventually ends in death. That self-chosen sleep becomes sleep indeed. Jeremiah says, I will make them drunk so they will celebrate, and then they will fall asleep forever, and they will never wake. I will make her princes and sages drink along with her governors, her officials, her warriors, and they will fall asleep forever and will never wake. Joel remembers, wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, you wine drinkers, because of the sweet wine it's taken away from your mouth. These have all turned to drink to gain sleep and to forget the fact that they can't go to sleep without God. And sleep they will forever. Sleep prefigures death, and sleep without God ends in it. They will receive no rest. Revelation remembers, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest. The sort of sleep provides no rest because it's not anchored in the God who rested on the seventh day after creating the garden. And in the garden, the disciples sleep, but it is rather Jesus who spends his night in prayer who receives rest when he leaves Gethsemane. So why do we sleep? And what do we turn to to gain sleep? Are we finding rest when we do sleep? Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about providing medical assistance here. I'm not giving medical advice. Those with real sleep disorders or sleep apnea get thee to a CPAP. Um, but what we are talking about is that for everybody else, which is probably most of us, with what do you end your day? With what do you rely upon or turn to to fall asleep? Is it something positive, like prayer or meditation? Maybe going for a walk or a run if you're one of those weirdos? Is it something that is aimed instead merely to distract you, binging just one more show on Netflix until you fall asleep to the question of, are you still watching? Is it doom scrolling through, whether it's Twitter or Reddit or TikTok or whatever else, just to pass the time because you can't quite get yourself to go to sleep? Or is it something more sinister still? Is it drugs or alcohol or lust-inducing substances? Because I can promise you this, these things may provide sleep, but they will never provide rest. And sometimes it is that restlessness that becomes a nagging reminder to us and a call from God to turn from whatever else we are worshiping and serving and turn to him.
David remembers in Psalm 22, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, and I find no rest. And this lack of rest leads him back to God. When we pursue self-sufficient, self-made, self-serving sleep, we are doomed to failure and will find no rest. We've taken the image of sleep and turned it into an idol that we can control, but that isn't what God wants from any of us. Tomorrow, we'll talk about why we do need to sleep in the first place, why God's made it that we must sleep, and how God wants us to sleep that we can find true rest. But for now, let's pray. When I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Appreciate those thoughts from Brother Saltz and the worship from Brother Thank you for joining us for Daily Chapel from Florida College. Have a blessed day.